Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Hello, Crazy Cool Parents. Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. <laughs> we are so excited to be here today because we're talking about one of our favorite topics, and that is creating interest in spiritual things in your kids. Yeah, it's selling God to our kids. It's showing our kids that they're the, 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 the way to have the best life ever is to be interested in spiritual things. Yeah, to walk in faith. It's the best life on earth. And the best life to come, you know, in in Third uh, John one, Third uh, John chapter one verse four. Yeah, I never know how to say that. <laughs> Me either. Says, three John. Three, yeah. yeah, I'm sure there's some theologian who's going to tell us how to do that. But I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And we hear that from parents all the time, that, that that's the only thing I want for my kids. You know, I want, I want my kids to love Jesus. I want my kids to know God. I want my kids to be hungry for God's word. That's what they want. The third John 1, 4, they know that we, we, as parents, we know that the best, greatest joy we will have is to know that our kids love Jesus. And they're usually worried that it's not happening. And they're like, their kids are like eight. You know what I mean? <laughs> or three. <Yeah. laughs> like, they're just like, oh my goodness. You know, I keep. You know, basically, I keep stuffing God down their throat, yeah. but they're not <laughs> drinking the milk or whatever. It's like they don't, they don't say like, stuffing, yeah, but yeah. that's what they're doing. Yeah, but it's like you know, <laughs> wait a minute, relax. Yeah, you know, one of the things we want to talk about as we get started is the the conversation we're going to have today is about when your kid is approaching the teenage years, um, and as they're in the middle school and high school is most of our discussion today because when they're younger. They just—it's it's so just easy. It's, it's so easy to create spiritual interest when they're younger because they're—I mean, just look at your child. Their little eyes are just wide-eyed with wonder. They're—they're—they they, want to know the stories. They want to know the Bible stories. They're a blank slate, and they want to be written on. And anything that you say about God, they're going to believe fully and completely because they want to. And they don't really get at that point a relationship with God. They're—they're they're not really forming their own belief. They're somewhat forming. Their their own belief systems, but it's really in the teenage years. And then we're right. going to get to that in a minute, but we want to spend some time with, to tell you, to just help you parents that are, have six-year-olds, eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds to take you off that ledge of right. it, it's okay that your kid's really not interested in spiritual things at the depth you want them to, because they're just not ready for it. And we've, we've done this seven times. Right. And it's happened pretty much the same way mm -hmm. every we've time. We've watched it. We've watched yeah. a flip or a switch that's happened. As soon as they get into those middle school years, they start owning that relationship with God themselves. Yeah. And so when they're younger, like Suzanne's saying, just don't mess it up. Enjoy it. Yeah. Just enjoy it. And, just, yeah. You know, read them stories in the Bible. And, and sing Jesus Loves Me in the B-I-B-L-E and yeah. sing those little songs. Just, you know, tell them about how God's working in your life. Uh, get them familiar with the Bible itself so the Bible's not scary. Because there are scary stories in it. That's right. And but so I, you got to walk them through that. But, you know, uh, just 
just be a loving church. You oh, know, yeah. it's so good to just, hey, let's go. We're going to church. So that means not getting in a fight on the way to church. <laughs> well, that <laughs> or yelling at them because they don't they look bad. <laughs> I think getting in a fight on the way to church is like just it, there's no way around that. <laughs> I mean, it so, is what it is. Yeah, especially when you have trying to take seven kids to church. I mean, I figured out I was only as good as my slowest kid <laughs> to try to get there on time. But but um. So yeah, we just want to say, parents, relax with the young kids and and relax and enjoy them just enjoy them because you are presenting to them a relationship that they're not ready for yet but they are watching you in that relationship so just love God talk to God pray to God how I pointed my little kids to God was oh my goodness look at this flower do you know God made this flower I think this I think God made this flower just for you you know or if there's a rainbow or if there was a storm outside we would go outside and say listen to how powerful God is and so we would mm-hmm. just create opportunities when they were little experiences with the things that God had surrounding us, but we weren't necessarily, like you said, shoving it down their throat. <laughs> well, and I think like, you know, just asking them, hey, what'd you learn in your kids group today? And then or having, you know, like our kids went to church with us and, and still still do go to church with us. But I mean, they, they uh, we would ask them, but you know, we would go to lunch and ask them about the message and, and realize that especially if you have older kids, you can have discussions with the older ones and the little ones are hearing that. Oh, so good. And, and yes. so just realize that, you know, yes. you don't. So good. Yeah. So we wanted to, we wanted to just spend a little time saying um, there is this, there, what happens is when they become teenagers, there becomes kind of a natural break. Yeah. There's a natural questioning that happens. And and that's good. That's a good thing. And sometimes parents will reach out and freak out. Oh my gosh, my kid doesn't believe what I believe. And we're like, good. Because they're individuals. They're independent. They need to have their own relationship with Jesus. And it's going to look different than yours because every relationship you have looks different. Yeah. And what you don't want to do when they're younger is to... Um, really make God into a harsh God. You know, you got to think about what, and we're going to talk about how to undo that if you've done it, but just making God into this awesome, loving, faithful, you know, the stories are cool. Jesus is cool making Jesus. And then, but you're going to see what happens is, is that as they become teenagers, um, they start to question things and that's when the parents are like, I've done all this. I've done all this work. I've lost, you know, what's happening to my teenager? And Suzanne's exactly right. If they don't question, I would be more concerned than if they do question. Because if they don't question, that that might mean some of the things we're about to talk about, that there's a fear of talking about it with you for a fear of that they're going to be wrong or they're going to offend you in some way. Yeah. And so I think to get to have our older kids be interested in spiritual things, we have to start with understanding where they are and what they think about spiritual things. It's kind of like they're on their own spiritual journey and we have to stop our, not stop our spiritual journey, but we have to go to them where they are, meet them on their journey. And so we can help them know who God is. We can't expect them to know God like we know God when we've known God for 20 years longer than they've known God. And so we can remember back to when we knew God at a 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 18 year old. Um, but really what we can do is just meet them where they are and we can ask them 
okay, it seems to me like you're not interested in God. You know, what, 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 what are, what, help me understand why you're not interested in God. Help me, help me know what, why God, you don't want to do God things or you don't want to do God experiences. And so just start off with just asking, opening that conversation up. Yeah. And sometimes they think their God is mean harsh, controlling, you know, well, and so, yeah, these are reasons that, yeah. So these might be some of the reasons exactly that your kids are going to say that they might say God's boring. Yeah. And here's the deal. Sometimes as Christians, we present a boring God. I mean, and you've got the fun and the, and, of the world, you've got the thrill of the world, you've got the excitement of the world. And for, and sometimes we play God down that he's not thrilling and he's not exciting. And he is go read some Bible stories, you know, well, read, so read the like, miracles that he's done. Yeah. And so often when they want to do something fun, you know, in their lives, and it may be, it may have happened for a few years, parents, that's why you're exploring why, what is their view of God and why, for example, maybe when they brought up the opposite sex, you came down and said, no, the Bible says, and you reacted in fear. Well, guess what? God doesn't want you to do that. That's not what we do as Christians, or that's not what we, you know, and they start thinking, well, I like the opposite sex. And so, but they, so they they associate God with limiting. They associate God with that. He's not good as good as the world. The world's better. Mm -hmm. And so if you explore that and, and parents even, you know, and, and please don't hear any condemnation here. We're all walking our journey together. And, but you know, but it is what Suzanne's saying is, is just ask questions because there may be hidden beliefs yes. that you have no idea are there because when they brought it up out of your fear, you suppressed it. Mm-hmm. And they Good. want your approval so much that they're so. like, I'm not going to bring that up. So you kind of have to, wouldn't you say, Suzanne, and, and you're so good at explaining this, you got to kind of reach in there and draw them out. And it might even take multiple times to ask those questions. Definitely. And yes, I mean, and, and we'll talk more about how to get them interested in part in a minute. Let's talk about the reasons that they're not interested, but just to finish that with, yeah, we have to be safe. We do have to draw them out. We have to see what we have to see what it is. And so, so my point to that is, is like, and, and where I was wanting you to, well, what, what, <laughs> what you wanted me to say, yeah, <laughs> what did you say? The what words you wanted I wanted to put in your mouth was, um, <laughs> shoot, I missed the pass <laughs> off. Darn. Like, a, like a layup too. <laughs> but, Man. <laughs> no, I mean. Tripped <laughs> exactly. on my shoelace. <laughs> traveled. Hey, the NCAA tournament's going on. Hey, we're, we're, we're theming out here. Um, but. I forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs> oh my God. So now it's, it, um, that you got to keep asking questions, parents. So often we get frustrated with our kids because they may not even know what to say. It may take several com- conversations or, you know, just picking out your spots and saying, you know, there may be times they're interested in talking about spiritual things. And, you know, it may be in the car and all of a sudden you ask a question and you get an answer, but the other four times you didn't. And so um, I just want to encourage you to, um, to ask questions and keep asking them and don't just jump into lecture mode. Exactly. And that is going to go with how to get them interested. And so keep that in mind, how to get them interested is to pursue them with questions for sure. Yeah, because, you know, our kids, you got to realize at this age, they, they haven't personally experienced the things of God yet. They've had a pretty, most of our kids have had, you know, they, they've had a lot done for them at this point. Yeah. And so they really, they've, you are their God. 
And so they're moving to where they're in encountering their own God. And for some of them, they're just now experiencing, oh, these relationship issues or experiencing the opposite sex or whatever. And they're, um, that they really haven't personally experienced, they really haven't had the opportunity yet to personally experience the things of God. And so maybe the the reason that they're not interested is because what they have experienced is negative. Like we said, that they've experienced that God is boring because he's limited, or they've experienced that God is harsh, mean, controlling. I mean, that he's, that God is a, that it, that he's, that he's in charge and he's not going to let him do anything. Or maybe they've, maybe they've even experienced um, that they're burned out because there's so much, they've been so involved in church and we've been to church every Sunday morning, Sunday mm-hmm night and Wednesday and they're done. Yeah. It's funny. I, we see some parents that, you know, they would condemn someone to put their kids in select sports and really have them play a lot of baseball because they would say, Oh yeah, that kid's going to get burned out. But they basically create church or spiritual things into a select sport. Yeah. And so by the time their kids 11 or 12, they, the kids going, I'm kind of done with all this. I want to go experience other things because maybe, and maybe those parents didn't let them play with certain kids and they, and that kid always felt like the God was a part of the rules. Mm, and so therefore, and, and they perceived and, and the parents are well-intentioned and we're not saying let your kid do anything. We're not saying not get involved in church, but just what do well, you be aware, be aware, be exactly. aware. Exactly. Because once again, what we're doing is we're trying to understand why our preteen and teen is not interested in spiritual things. And so maybe somewhere along the way they became uninterested and maybe it's because of these things. Another one is they think the world is better. They think right. that, 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 that the world has opportunities that it that it's more fun, like you said, the select sports or the or the group of friends. That the world is better. And then the one thing that I did want to say is that um, so many times our kids are not interested in spiritual things because they're surrounded by hypocrites. And it may or may not be us as parents. It may be that if they're in a if they're in a Christian environment and they see the leaders in that environment doing one thing but saying another thing because kids have got super radars. They've got antennas to hypocrites right. and will shut down so quick. And the sad part is, is that they're not old enough or wise enough or mature enough to understand that a human is a human and they're going to make mistakes. They tie that godly leader to God himself. And so they're going to walk away from God when that godly leader is not loving God, is being a hypocrite. So sometimes parents, there may be actual issues, but sometimes just realize too that it's natural that a kid's going to question and remember a crazy cool family, we are all about relationships. And so as a parent, you are using your relationship with your kid to help your kid connect with God. Mm-hmm. And so then how do you do that? How do you, um, you know, we have a God that loves us. We have a God that is awesome. We have a God that's forgiving. We have a God that is, um, is full of peace and hope and joy and all those things. How are we going to get our kids interested enough to be able to see that in this, when they're surrounded by hypocrites, when the world's appealing, when, you know, we may have done some things that messed up as parents and presented a God that's, we got to overcome some things. So, uh, so let me throw you that layup again, Suzanne, how do you get kids interested in spiritual things? 
Um, yeah. And so I think that you, you I love what you were just now saying is to show them the actions that, that, um, show them with our actions, show them with what we do, with what we say, um, that God's worth following, yeah. that he is our best life, that he is the, he is the, he is the, um, the author and the creator of life. And he is the perfecter of our faith. And he is the one who gives us what we need to succeed and to finish the race. I mean, all of those things, he's, he's the one that does all those things for us. And so to, to show them that with our actions and with our words. Well, we say at Crazy Cool Family a lot that your example is more important than your instruction. That you will, uh, uh, so, and people say, oh, well, I need to be perfect. No, we're not saying that at all. It's just that you. <laughs> Please don't be, yeah. because that will make them run so fast because right. they can't live up to that standard. But just what was, you know, even just talking about your journey with God and showing them that God is a part of your life. That's what we mean by your example, yeah. uh, by realizing you are making mistakes and, and, and uh, being able to walk with them, being real with them, um, you know, just sharing your own personal spiritual experiences. Yeah. And your journey, your testimony from when, mm -hmm. when did you ask Jesus into your heart and, and walk through those years? And if you had a rough, you know, college experience sharing that with them and when sharing with them, when God showed up and, and how God was big in certain situations and how um, maybe you felt abandoned by God in some situations and and parents get worried about that being age appropriate. And, and we do, you know, there's, you kind of got to listen to the Holy Spirit and r figure out where your kid is and what they can handle. But man, just talking about, um, about your experiences and walking in your faith rather than giving them a lecture about what to do and about what they should be doing is going to be so much more effective. Um, you know, you can also kind of weave in things through what we just call God conversations. And, uh, and again, if you have older kids, if you maybe have a teenager, you're, you're, our younger kids have heard us having God conversations with our older kids for years. So it becomes something that's not, um, not that weird, if you will. Well, and Maddox just told us the other day when we asked him, Maddox, what would you say to a group of group of parents that have teenagers. And he said, I would tell the parents to have conversations about God at home, in the car, around the kitchen table, when you're out and about, just to have those about sermons, about podcasts, about books, because as teenagers, we, we don't really know what's going on we want to talk about it, but we want to be safe with who we're talking about it with. And parents, we're the ones that there's, they're the, the, we're the ones they can direct that conversation. We're the ones that get to be on the other side of that conversation. What if we quit talking about COVID and masks? <laughs> I mean, yes, and, and, please and stop. All the we're done. And politics. And we <laughs> and started talking about Jesus. Yeah. You know, what if we directed our conversations a whole lot more and just, you know, Realize that if you've got a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old, and you're having a conversation with your husband or your wife, and y'all are having a God conversation versus a, you know, I hate this politician or <laughs> right, I'm so right. sick of what the school's doing or whatever, you know, guess what? They're listening to that conversation too, and they're looking at your example of what conversations you're having with your spouse. And if that's normal to have a God conversation with your spouse, then they're going to think it's so normal that you have a God conversation with them too. 
Yeah. So another thing, parents, that is a powerful way to get your children interested in spiritual things is to pray with them and to show them that God answers prayers. Seek and you will find. Take some time to pray with them. If they're struggling with a a test, I can't tell you how many times I have prayed with my kids before they were about to take a big test. And I would say, okay, Lord, give supernatural. You, you, you know, Lord, the answers to all the questions in the universe. Supernaturally, give them the questions that they didn't even study for. that are not even in their brain. And I I can't even tell you how many times they would come floating, you know, into my office because I worked at the school with them or they would come home or they would text me, mom, I made a 90, I made a 95, I made a hundred on the test. They were, what we did was we laid out to them here, see what God's going to do. And then God showed up and that, and that the whole goal here, parents is to just connect our kids to the God of the universe. Jesus says that he who, is entrusted with little and does well with it, will be entrusted with more. And so in effect, what you're doing is you're creating these um, opportunities for God to show up in their life mm-hmm. so that you so you're build creating their faith. anticipation and right. excitement and dependence. And, and uh, eventually it will be dependence. And if their faith muscle, you know, just like in their, you know, you, I'm, I'm watching our, my, our last child McCade start to lift weights and he's got his little muscles and they're starting to get bigger <laughs> they're <And> huge he, <laughs> muscles in case he's listening to this they're huge and uh, they're they're age appropriately huge maybe <laughs> and so uh but you know they're uh, but I mean he's working out and, and he's getting you know he's getting faster and he's getting stronger and this and, and that's a good thing you know that he's getting physically stronger and healthier and and faster well we want them to do that spiritually too. We want right. them, and what they do. How does he get physically faster? Well, he keeps working on his running form, yeah. and he lifts those weights every day, and he does those things. It doesn't happen just one day. He goes to weight camp. We think. I mean, we're right. going to talk about spiritual experiences in a minute, but, he, but that's not all. He doesn't just go to weight camp one day and lift weights for three days solid, and all of a now sudden, he's a, now yeah, he's now, Hulk. yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, you know, it's just an everyday thing about these conversations, about these uh, experiences, about the um, about just God, you know, it's about um, just tying them to exp- God. That's yeah. what we're doing. We're tying them to God. And so if you can think about it like that, as parents, we give our children so many experiences. We give them birthday parties and show them how to celebrate. We take them to the doctor and show them how to get well. We actually take them to school to show them how to be educated. We, you know, teach them how to cook. We give them so many experiences and we embrace those experiences and we love those experiences. But for some reason, we sometimes we back out of the spiritual experiences. And I don't know, maybe we're not comfortable with them or maybe we don't even know what they are. We don't even know what a spiritual experience is. And so we just want to kind of just rapid fire, give the list of these spiritual experiences. And, and, and when we say so that you see that they're not hard, they're, they're simple, they're easy. There's, let's distinguish the words, because I've probably confused us a little bit. So I want to come in and clarify a little bit before we bring the list in. One of them is, so experiences can happen every day just through conversations well, they through do. praying for a test <laughs> yeah. and all these things so that's one thing when we talk about experiences here we're talking about things that are a little bit bigger you know where you're maybe it's an event maybe event, it's something like where where we have um uh we purpose to put like something that. spiritual in their life that's a little bit bigger now, you won't do this every day 
but it but it is like you know if you compare it to their, our physical training, maybe it's where they go to a, a camp and that you know a football camp or something, and they and that during that time they're going to indoctrinate them with a bunch of football stuff. Well, yeah. you know those things are awesome, and that we encourage parents to look for those opportunities. Well, you to do have that to from a spiritual experience. You, you have to do that because the world is constantly offering experiences. I say all the time, the world wants our kids to get high on drugs and sex and immoral things and they're after our kids to do that we have to show our kids god high we have to show them what it means to be high on god that means these like some of these spiritual encounters but that means meeting god at a whole new level that's being washed over with his peace or with his unexplainable joy and it makes no sense how to have that that you have that or this wisdom that you have that there's you you hadn't read in a book and no one ever told it to you but now you have this wisdom because the holy spirit inside of you just just, just rose up. And yeah. that's what we're talking about. We've got to show our kids what that looks like so that they can embrace those experiences and, and basically credit God that he is mighty and that he is big and that he is with us all the time. So, and one of the, some of these are you know, it might be as simple as a worship night at church. Yeah, and if your church doesn't have a worship night, then find a church that does. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Our- you know, we've even like sometimes uh, we've created worship nights at home. Yeah. yeah. Now we have enough kids for that. So you might have to invite some over. But, well, and we've invited people over that are musical. Not all of us are here at the Manning right. household. Yeah. But um, we've also gone to worship concerts. Mm-hmm. You guys, yeah. Um, yeah. Don gave me tickets to for my birthday one year. Yeah. And, and, and um, you know, um, Maddox and I went on a trip one time and we, um, uh, Phil Wickham was there. And so we went and saw him. And it was funny. All the, We were on a baseball trip, I think. Um, uh, maybe it was basketball. And uh, all the other people thought we were really weird, but we were going to a Phil Wickham concert, you know, while we were there. But, but you know what? Okay. If you do spiritual things, you're, the secular people are going to think you're weird. Um, you know, if you have a prayer night at church, yeah. um, and even if your child is, you know, not that interested, it's okay. You know, you don't want to be there for four hours, but if it's a 45 minute or an hour prayer night, Hey, let's go and and push through that resistance for sure. And you, how you do that to redeem that that um, that thought process in their head that I don't want to do this and I don't want to go is on the front end of it. You go, buddy. I know you don't want to go, but I really think you're going to find it valuable. And we will go get a hamburger afterwards, or we'll go get pizza afterwards. And then afterwards, say, hey, what did what did God say to you? What what prayer resonated with you? And draw them in because sometimes the spiritual experience are above their head <laughs> and they don't get it. But as parents, if we kind of guide and direct them, like we do with every single oper- experience we give our kids, you know, as we're potty training them, as we're teaching them to write their name, all of those things, we're right there with them, mm-hmm. showing them how. And so we might have to show them how to do a prayer night or the next one, prophetic words. I mean, we've had our kids prayed over before they still talk about it. Mm-hmm. Maddox, Michael and McCade still talk about, I don't even remember who the man was, right. but he just, he, what he did is he just called out them. You are a mighty man of God. You are dead. David, you are a man after God's own heart. And they, they have held on to those words. And so find find somebody to speak life and hope into into your children with 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 words of encouragement. Yeah, I love talking about um, at, you know, we talked about doing Bible stories when they're younger. 
Bible stories, when they're older, get super fun to talk about because, and even books, whatever it is that, you know, uh, books about the Bible or books about spiritual things or the Bible, it gets super fun to talk about because you can have intelligent conversations Mm -hmm. and and the older your kids get is, I mean, we've had, we have great spiritual conversations in our home with 15 year olds, you know, Mm -hmm. with 16 year olds and, and 14 year olds and 13 year olds as they, you know, and you'd be surprised if you just listen and ask some questions about these things. Hey, Moses in the Bible did some crazy stuff. What, you know, what do you think about that or whatever? This book says this, or, Hey, and they're watching videos. So it could be that, you know, this, this YouTube video says this or whatever. And and what do you think about that? I yeah. want to highlight that. That's what you say, because parents, you have your thoughts formed. You know what you think about it. You're not opening this up. You're not opening the book or the, or the Bible story or anything up. You're not bringing that up so that you can tell them what you think about it. You're bringing all that to them so that they can experience so they can share with you what they think about it, because that's what's going to bring it to life to them. So in other words, be quiet. <laughs> Just be quiet. And uh, But, you know, you can work with them in praying for others and, uh, and praying and serving others. Those are also great ways to, um, hey, you know what, somebody at work is having these issues or whatever. Let's just sit down and pray for them. Or Or like I've had one of the girls come on one time and tell me about this girl who had, um, she had just done some things that were not appropriate and the girl felt devastated about it. And so my daughter and I just sat down and prayed for her pray that God would heal her, pray that God would, would come in. And we got to see, I mean, pray that she would, you know, change her ways, pray that she would have different friends. I mean, all the different things. And God did because he's faithful like that. And so my, so my daughter got to experience God through answered prayer for somebody else. And the cool part is she got to be a part of it. She had her hand Mm -hmm. in it. And so, yes, when we're praying for them, that, that they will see God, but also when they, when we have them pray for others, whether whether it be ourselves or with our with our siblings or with their friends, um, and then you you had mentioned service opportunities. Any chance you get that could be through a service organization. They're everywhere, all over town. Just Google it. Places for me to serve. It could be the neighbor next door. And I highly recommend that um, we that you do that because it gets our it gets their um, focus, their eyes off of what consumes their day and it actually helps them see other people. Man, churches are great spots for that going. We did children's ministry for years with our kids. Yeah, that's our teenage boys are doing that right now. Yeah, it's it's funny, you know, they saw us doing it and so now all our kids have rolled through children's ministry at some point to serve and they're they're really good at it. I mean, now we just... Well, and they love them. The the children's ministry people love it when the teenagers come in because the teenagers have energy and they're cool. (laughs) Yeah, and let's wrap up this these experiences or these events with something that we love, which is mission trips and mission um, opportunities. And it could be missions locally, or it could be missions, uh, you know, within the U.S., could be missions internationally, a little bit tougher to do right now internationally. But, um, but so, you know, all the way from, you know, all of our kids since they were 13, 14, 15 years old have been on mission trips all throughout their 
uh, middle middle school somewhat, but particularly their high school years. Yeah, and so the a way to do that one is to just join a missions organization online and get their newsletter, and then share with your family what's happening in the newsletter because you want to know what's happening. God's happening, miracles and signs and wonders are happening, and answered prayers are happening. And so they might not be able to go out on the field and what's happening, but if you can read the newsletter, they're going to share with you. We have newsletter from people that are have been working in China. We have we have adopted children from all over different nations and they send us letters of what's happening well, with and them. And a lot of times maybe you might get a, a mission, a, a, a call from another teenager to give to their mission trip. You know? yes. And I remember thinking when early in our marriage, when we first started having teenagers, oh my goodness, why are these people, I'm never going to ask people for money, you know, all this stuff. But it was, and I was really jaded towards it, but now it's like, I love it when I get a, a an opportunity to give a hundred dollars to some guy going to Thailand or something. Because it's bigger than you. Right. And because you're partnering with that person who is going to see and serve the Lord. And so it's like the rewards that they get in heaven, you get too, because you've partnered with them. But what I want to say on this last part on going on missions is that if we can get our kids out of their comfort zone and out of their box and out of the familiarity of their neighborhoods and their schools and their friends and their activities, if we can show them them a different culture and how people see God differently because there's a different God in Mexico. There's a different God in Africa. And when we've taken our kids to those places, they have got to see a way bigger God than the one that we can present to them in what I call Yuppieville America. And so that's what, that's the value of a mission trip is to, is to get our eyes off themselves. <laughs> I mean, so as we, as we, I mean, as we wrap up, let me just say this and you can finish wrapping it up too, is that when we get our kids to be interested in spiritual things, what we're doing is we're getting their eyes off of themselves and off of this world. We're getting their eyes off of what's right in front of them, the troubles of this day, and we're getting them to lift their eyes. We're getting them to see the higher purpose. What's that scripture, Don? Psalm, what is it? I can't see it. 123? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. I lift up my eyes to you, to you who sit enthroned in heaven. And it's, I couldn't see whether it was 23, but then it's like, no, I know what Psalm 23 says. It must be be 123. Um, But I want to wrap up with this is we talked about how just having fun with your younger kids and putting the things of God into them and really not not being so stressed and just having fun with the younger ones, realizing though that there's going to come a day when you'll sense it, that the the break is coming and they're, they're starting yeah. to question and they're starting to have their own beliefs and that's good. Yeah. But you, at that point, you start to flip it where you start and not flip it because you can always ask questions, but you start to the, the tactic you use there with your teenagers, even if your teenager is 16 and jaded, you know, still, Go in. Don't go in with your lectures. Go in with your questions. Find out. Find out why. What is it about, you know, and, and not questions. We call them inquisitive questions, not accusatory Curious. questions. Yes. What are you doing? Why are you like this? That's not it. It's more about, hey, I want to I wanna know more about you. I want to know more mm-hmm. about who you are. And then how you put those spiritual things into your life. We talked about through examples, through conversations, through events, and just looking out. And it goes back to who we are at Crazy Cool Family and who you are as a Crazy Cool Parent. You are looking to build relationship. 
and you are building the as you help them build their relationship with God, you are building your relationship with them. Yeah. You know, so um, Michael was just home this weekend and we uh, when he comes home, uh, we sit down and, and we usually have a talk. We just have it just happened over the last few years. And um, those conversations were built through some really hard conversations when he was in eighth grade and yeah. ninth grade. So parents, I don't know where your teenager is or where your kids are spiritually right now, but let me just tell you, it's worth a fight. Mm-hmm. And and you're going to do it with the opposite of the way you think you will. Yeah. You're not going to do it through indoctrinating them. You're going to do it through helping them learn how to experience their own faith. Yeah. And we just, that we said in the very beginning to, um, we want to show you how to help your children be interested in spiritual things and we're selling God to them. And I laugh about that because it feels so trite, (laughs) but what we are doing is we are showing them that, that spiritual things are better, that God things are more exciting. Anything connected to God is more purposeful and it's long lasting. And most importantly, that it's these things that our soul hungers for. Mm -hmm. We have to feed our soul on this side of heaven. Once we get to heaven, our soul will be fully satisfied. But on this side of heaven, we are, we are hungry and we desire the things of God. And so many times the world gets in the way. Last thing. And then we're done. Hey, if, you need to share this with someone that mm-hmm. you, this is something this this is something that resonates. Every parent, you know, that's a Christian parent wants this for their kids and wants to know how to do this. So would you just pray about with us and say, who is it? I need to share this podcast with, because I promise you 95% of Christian parents are screwing this up. <laughs> I bet you'll be surprised that the Lord's going to bring people to your to mind. And yeah. what's going to be so amazing is that you're going to share it with them. And the, these these parents with these preteens and these teenagers are going to be like, oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear. I needed mm-hmm. to be encouraged. I needed to be supported. I needed to be uplifted. I needed some ideas to help me get my preteen teenager back on track. Yep. And so we strongly encourage you, pray with you, hope that you will say, I mean, share it with 10 people, you know, <laughs> put it on your social media. All the media. people that God says. This is, yeah, this is something, this is one of those podcasts that will make a difference in people's lives. And so think about who you could share it with. We'd love for you to do that. Um, hope it's helped you and hope it's blessed you. And I hope it's going to bless your, your preteen, your grade school child, your teenager, all the above. You're 27 year old. It'll work there too. So go help your kids explore their faith. Go be crazy parents, crazycoolfamily.com.